Hello, friends. You are listening to episode three of the Crystal Clear podcast. My name is Crystal, and I'd like to welcome you today. Uh, The topic for today is hearing the voice of God. Some people think that God and hearing from God is an abstract idea. But Jesus said that the kingdom of God is within us. Luke 17, 21 tells us these words. Also, God communicates with us. He's not silent. We speak to each other in our regular daily lives because our creator, he speaks. We are emulating him when we are doing what we naturally do. We are emulating the character trait of God. So let's talk about how to actually hear in spiritual things. Um, The first thing that comes to my mind whenever I think about hearing from God is that the scripture says to ask God. So number one, if you take notes, number one is ask God. The scripture tells us that you have not because you ask not. In James 1, 5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Um, John fourteen fourteen says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So over and over again, these are just four verses, but there are many, many, many dozens of verses referring to the fact that if we need something, we should ask God. And one of the main things that Jesus talked about was having ears that hear. So we know that we can ask God for the ability to hear better than we do. Um, One example of something that I had to ask for and hear God for is with my children. Um, I have six children, and in raising them, I often have needed wisdom in dealing with different things and also just answering questions. Um, So often I would need, you know, guidance and help. And so every one of my kids, when they were younger, they would ask me the question like when they were like two, three, and four, they would say, you know, when they were learning how to pray and they were trying to figure out how to hear from God, they would ask me the question, why don't I hear God speaking back to me in a loud voice? Like when I'm speaking to God, asking him questions, why don't I hear him speaking back to me immediately? And so I would, you know, explain to them in the best way that I could about how God speaks to us, but I wanted an answer that would really resonate with a young child, and so I asked God, I prayed, and asked for that wisdom, and one day an answer came into my mind, and this is what happens when sometimes when God answers a question, he'll put the answer into your mind, and it's like a thought just drops into the mind, and the thought that I had, I had never had it before, and the thought was that God is a king, And a king sits on a throne, and he's very, very royal and powerful. And kings answer their servants when they think the time is right, when they choose. And they answer when they choose and how how they choose. Like there are different ways that they choose to answer requests. And so the fact that God is a king means that he will answer in his own time. And so that really helped my kids. And that was just one example of how 
um, I would ask God for something and then I would hear an answer and as it came to me as a thought, but it, but I knew that it wasn't my own thought, of course, because I didn't think of that. Um, in the same way, there have been other people that I've read about, you know, in other times, such as um, Mozart, the piano composer, he said that he wasn't actually composing music. He said that the music would come into his mind, like someone had already written the music, and he would hear the song as if someone else were playing it and he would just hear the song and then he would write down what he heard someone wrote it for him and that was actually the gift of God God was giving him the music and he was writing it down and then um, other times like George Washington Carver said that he would walk out into the field and he would look at the plants and he didn't know what to do with them so he sat down beside the plants and he would pray to God in the field and he would say God please show me why did you create this plant? What can it do? What are all the ways we can use it? And then he said later, it would come into his mind, all these ideas of what to do with these plants. And that was God speaking and answering the question. Obviously, George Washington Carver did not think of those things on his own because he didn't even know them. Mozart didn't think of that music on his own because he didn't even know it. It was given to him. And this is one way that God answers our questions is by giving us the answer, which comes as a thought, and we know that it's not our own thought because we didn't think of it. Okay, so that's the first one. Um, often I pray to God the scripture in Proverbs twenty twelve that says um, that we would have ears to hear what God is saying and that we would have eyes to see what God is doing. So you can ask God that thing. It and specifically, I love to find a verse of scripture because those are the words of God and they're powerful. And so when we echo the words of God to God, that is extremely powerful in prayer. So that was Proverbs twenty twelve, that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see. Um, second of all, the second way that you can gain ground to hear from God or that you can improve that ability is to feed your spirit. So when you feed your spirit, you are increasing your belief. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. That's in the scripture. I'll say that again. Faith, which is belief, comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. So when you feed your body, it supports all the functions of your body. And when you feed your spirit, which is the word of God, then it strengthens the inner man and the ability of your inner man to hear God. If we could actually see the spirit man that is on the inside of people walking around, like if we're at the store or if we're outside at the park and, or at church, and we could see the spirit man of people instead of their outside body, we would see the real size of those people. Because man looks on the outside, but God looks on the heart. And so many people do not feed their spirit man like they feed their body. You feed your body at least three times a day, plus more. Um, and how much do we feed our spirit? We can feed our spirit by taking in the word of God. And, you know, sometimes when you eat regular food, uh, you might not like the way it tastes. You know, some people don't like broccoli. Some people do. But if you don't like broccoli and you're eating it, it's still going to give your body everything it needs to be nourished and to function 
even if you don't like the way it tastes, even if it doesn't make you feel happy, um, even if it's not palatable to you, it's still going to nourish you and it's going to make you strong. In the same way, whenever you feed your spirit the word of God, even if you don't completely understand it, even if you don't completely think it's palatable, it will strengthen your inner man and make you strong. It will increase your ability to hear. Okay, so the lie of the enemy of God, the lie of his enemy to us is that God has favorite people that he speaks to like pastors and teachers and really spiritual people. And the enemy of God wants us to think that we are not in that category, that we do not qualify, that we don't have that special connection with God. Okay. And that is a total complete joke. It's a lie because friendship with God is not for certain people. Uh, Jesus died on the cross so that every single one of us would have the exact same equal access to God the Father. So the veil of the temple was torn when Jesus took his last breath and died on the cross. The veil was torn in the temple, which meant we did not need anybody else to go to God for us anymore. We can go to God ourselves, which is an incredible, incredible privilege that all of us have. So we do not no longer need a priest to go into the temple for us. Friendship with God is for everyone. So this means we can feed ourselves the word of God. So number three in hearing from God, um, the third point and the third way that you can do this is to position yourself to hear from God. So the position of the heart must be expecting to hear from God. So you know how there's this, really this truth that people see what they expect to see. So like whenever I am pregnant, I will think like, I think a lot about being pregnant because I am pregnant and everywhere I go, it looks like there's pregnant ladies everywhere. Like I notice them everywhere I go, but when I'm not pregnant, I don't really notice them that much. Also, like if I were to buy a green vehicle, a green car, then everywhere I would go, I would notice the other green cars because I have one and I'm aware of it and I'm expecting, you know, because I'm in it, um, that, that has happened to me. Like when I bought a white car, I started seeing white cars everywhere. Um, also whenever I have a newborn baby, everywhere I go, I see these ladies with babies. And if I don't have a newborn baby, I don't see them because I'm not expecting to see them. And it's the same way with God. Um, If we expect that God is going to reach out to us, that he is going to speak to us, that he is going to send people our way, then that's what we're going to see. It's the same idea. Whatever we have in our mind that we expect to happen, that's what we're going to see. So it's very, very important that you realize from the scripture that God wants to speak to you. And if you expect that, because you know it's true, then you will hear God speak to you. Okay, so a great thinker named A.W. Tozer, he said that the person that does not expect to hear from God won't hear. So what that means is that when God speaks to people, they will just dismiss it and say, oh, <clears throat> that was just my own thoughts or oh, that was just somebody else's opinion or whatever like that. Because, you know, if you're not 
expecting that God would actually speak to you, then you're just going to dismiss it to something else. All right, so number three, position yourself to hear from God. That's the position of your heart being an expectation. And whenever I'm saying like our own thoughts, um, like people attribute, like if, if God speaks to you and you were not expecting him to, you might say, well, that's my own that was just my own thought. That wasn't really from God. <clears throat> People do that a lot. So our own thoughts are oftentimes not actually our own thoughts. They're not from us. And I have a little um, not side note on that because there are three kinds of thoughts that you can have. You can have your own thoughts. And this is just a side note that's important. You can have thoughts that you thought of, that you created, you can have thoughts that come from God and you can learn to recognize those. And then you can also have thoughts dropped into your mind from the enemy of God. And so a story about that, um, years ago, I used to suffer with a fear of different things. And when I was a child, um, I suffered with fears at night. Um, I had a lot of fears at night. And then as I grew up, the fears just became other things. And so <clears throat> certain things or certain people would make me think fearful thoughts. And so one day I was reading a book that was written by Stormy Omardian. And in the book, it was talking about how certain kinds of thoughts are not our own. They would seem like our own, but they're not. And I realized that these thoughts that I was having that were fearful thoughts were not from me. And I realized that thoughts that made me afraid were actually a spirit of fear whispering lies and making me think that it was my own thoughts like oh I'm scared of certain things or I'm scared of dying or whatever but the voice of the enemy which is based on fear is separate from me and when I realized that it was like a giant light went off in my head and I began to say no and I realized I could say no every time fear started saying things in my thoughts and so I began doing that. I began saying no in the way of, I reject fear. I reject the lies of fear. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but he has given me a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind in Christ Jesus. So the scripture tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear. So anytime a fearful thought comes, I would say no to that fear because I recognize that it was not my own thought. So that's just a side note for you that if you have a thought that um, is, you know, fearful or um, destructive in some way, that thought is definitely from the enemy and you can decline it and you can say no and you can cause it to go. You actually have authority and power over what thoughts you allow to stay in your mind. You do not have to let them camp in your mind. You do not have to let them stay like a bird that flies over. If a bird were flying over your head and um, trying to make a nest in your hair, you would shoo him away with your hand and you would not let the bird stay on your head making a nest. That's exactly how thoughts are. No matter what the thought is, you have the authority and the power to say no and to make it go away. You you get to choose what gets to stay in your mind. It's just a fleeting thought. So it doesn't have power over you. Okay, on to the next part. John 10, 4 says, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. 
it is a natural right that we have as sons and daughters of God to hear God's voice. It's not for special people. Everyone has the right to have friendship with God. Um, so number four, um, as far as hearing the voice of God, number four is that God's word stirs up within us the ability to hear from God. <clears throat> so, um, one, one time I had a blockage in my ear, like my physical ear and my hearing, my ear, it was last year, um, about a year ago, I was not able to hear. <clears throat> so I was having trouble hearing and it just felt like there was, you know, a blockage in my ear. And so I got some ear candles and we did ear candling and there was <clears throat> really enormous amounts of wax that had come out of my ear. And I'm not telling you this to gross you out. I mean, this is a really, really good um, analogy for what I'm going to tell you. So for five months, I could not hear out of my right ear at all. And over the five months, I did about 24 different ear candles, which was about <coughs> maybe five, around five per month. And so much stuff came out in the ear candles, like it was enormous amounts. And so I thought eventually I'm going to get to the end of all this wax and then I'm going to be able to hear. Well, that never happened. Um, because whenever the ear candles stopped getting the wax out of my ear and nothing else was coming out, I still could not hear. So, <clears throat> um, I had to go to the ear doctor, which I did not want to do. So when I went, um, he looked in my ear with this magnifier and he saw that deep down in my ear, right by my eardrum, was this really hard piece of wax that I would have never been able to get out. And so he took a tool that was incredibly small and he reached in deep into my ear and he took it out and it was so small that I couldn't believe that that was actually causing me not to be able to hear. It was so tiny, but it was as hard as a rock and apparently had been there a long time. And <clears throat> when he took that tiny little piece out of my ear, I could cl clearly hear again. When it came out, I could hear normally. And the scripture says that the word of God does the same thing. It takes out the residue from our heart, our spirit man. It cleanses our heart and it softens the hardened soil in the heart. The part that would be like the part that was clogging my ear. The scripture says that when we put the word of God into our hearts, it washes us like water and it cleanses away the residue that's in our heart and it gives us the ability to hear. <coughs> Excuse me. Number five and the final part of helping yourself to have the ability to hear from God. Number five is to make space for God. Now, I know that people are busy um, but really, we decide what we want to do, and what's important to us is what we're going to do. So it doesn't take a lot of time to actually make space for God. For me, it's at night when my kids go to bed. I have three worship songs that will inspire me, and I either listen to an audio of three chapters of the scripture, or I read them. And for the for the three songs and the three chapters, it takes me about 20 to 30 minutes um, but when my kids are going to bed, you know, I can, I have time to do that at night because I like to stay awake at night. I like to, I get my energy at night and I like to, I like to be up for a little while after my kids go to bed because that's my quiet time. 
that's when I can do what I need to do. So listening to the three worship songs, that actually puts me in a posture inside of my spirit for expecting God to speak to me. That worship music is very, very critical and important. And it's like a catalyst for me (coughs) to actually hear what God has to say to me. It puts my all the distractions away. So you could give that a try if you if you don't have a routine of your own to find three worship songs that would inspire you and to just like posture your heart while you listen to them. Um, also, in making space for God in the day, um, some people, you know, they're morning people and their best energy, their best clear thinking is in the morning. That's how my husband is. He is a morning person. So the best time for him is in the morning before anybody wakes up. But for me, I feel really um, tired in the morning. I feel really, you know, it takes me a while to wake up. So I'm a night person. So I like to do that at night. And some people, some people even do it on their lunch break. You know, they just make time on their lunch break to have quiet. So the scripture says in James 4, 8, that if you draw near to God, that God will draw near to you. And this is a truth. If you take a step toward God, he will take a step toward you. He's always reciprocating. If you go close to God, he will draw close to you. The foundation of your life and your day must be God. So whether that's at the beginning of your day or at the quiet end of your day, that's really up to you. But you have to make it a priority if you actually want to hear what God is saying to you. You have to stop and listen for a few minutes of your day. So let's recap what we have learned. So we know that we all have the ability to hear from God. We know that it's not reserved for special people. We know that um, Jesus's death on the cross has made a way for every person to be equal in God's eyes. So to hear from God, you ask God. God responds to the asking posture. He wants us to ask. (coughs) Excuse me. Number two, feed your spirit. Just like you feed your body, you feed your spirit so that it will be strong. Number three, position yourself to expect that God will speak to you. Number four, the word of God gives you clear hearing. It gives you the ability to hear. Number five, make space for God. So the final scripture that I will tell you is one in Matthew 7, 7. Uh, It's Matthew 7, 7 through 11. And it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, would give him a stone? Or, if he asks for a fish, would give him a snake? If you then, though you're evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So that's Jesus' words saying God will give you the good things you ask for when you ask him. I hope these words help you to hear the voice of God. I hope they bring light to you. It's been great to be here with you, and I hope that I'll see you next time here on the podcast. Until then, take care. God bless.